Salutations and welcome to the James and Tom Do Horror Podcast, a podcast where two horror-obsessed filmmakers choose a different subgenre each show and pick their favorite old movie, favorite new movie, and favorite obscure movie from that subgenre. I'm Jimmy P of Mad Science Films, filmmaker and sexual astronaut, and as ever, I'm joined by my wonderful co-hosts. I'm Tom Hughes from uh, Ritual Video. You okay there, Tom? What's <laughs> yes. the matter? I forgot about the sexual astronaut, man. Oh, there you go. Yeah, a lot the, there you go. Good. That, that's exactly what it's there for. Okay, so this episode, Tom got to choose the subgenre, and he chose the slasher subgenre. So, Tom, very excited to be talking about this with you today. Why did you pick the slasher horror subgenre, and, you know, what's the appeal about it? I think primarily I picked it because I was shooting a slasher-inspired music video that month, so I was doing research on slasher stuff anyway, so out of my absolute laziness, I just picked what I was already working on <laughs> because I knew I'd be watching a lot of slasher films. Um, but, you know, it is one of my favourite uh, kind of sub-genres of horror just because of how much fun it is, you know, and it's the type of thing that if you, if you, if you grew up on horror and you're kind of, you know, in your 30s or whatever and you watched a lot of stuff from the 80s and 90s growing up it's a subgenre that existed at that time that doesn't really exist anymore you couldn't really make those films the same way anymore um they definitely wouldn't have the same like soft focus look to them the acting wouldn't be the same the dialogue wouldn't be allowed anymore so they're like now more than ever they're a really beautiful time capsule of a time where horror was super fun um and still a bit sleazy and exploitative but also they're really you know they're really tongue-in-cheek aren't they they're quite light-hearted compared to a lot of the other genres of horror and isn't i don't i like them the best when there's absolutely zero social commentary in them yeah yeah nice <laughs> yeah 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 i mean we're, we're obviously like a similar age so yeah i mean i grew up in the 80s which for me felt like the slasher decade um and something with slashers more so than other subgenres, they just seem to spawn their own franchises. You know, like, you know, if you have a good slasher with a memorable killer, that seemed to create this franchise almost naturally. Um, and of course, yeah, growing up in like video shops in the 80s and 90s, that would dominate then your video shelves, man. Yeah. You know, uh, and for me, I'd be staring at the boxes of these videos, like stuff like the Friday the 13th franchise, and just how creative they were in selling this film by using you know these icons like the hockey mask yeah and they would be you know just variations on the hockey mask you know blood spilling on it a machete in it or you know yeah, yeah. It, you know backlit or, or whatever um and you know like other ones like the freddy you know nightmare on elm street the amazing graham humphreys art that we got in this country yeah. as well uh it it, it was realistically everything i was as a horror fan growing up was slasher yeah. films because yeah, because yeah. they were so big in the 80s obviously in the 90s it kind of died off but as a video shop kid you know we still had that option to kind of keep on dipping in to you know the yeah. greats of the 80s um so yeah it <laughs> I, i've cheated a bit though tom i've got to be honest because realistically if i was to pick my my faves <laughs> of the slasher genre I'd, I'd probably just pick halloween um yeah. but honestly everything that could be said about halloween yeah, has already yeah. been said so ha I'm halloween gonna... one is my favorite film ever so yes. the question yeah. of what's your favorite old slasher and my answer is technically halloween one yeah but yeah i didn't i didn't choose it just for the same reason you know yeah exactly you snap. Yeah. i mean <laughs> you need to go and watch halloween one and two as a double bill immediately if you haven't seen them and then absolutely watch I mean... three and and then maybe skip the rest 
the rest. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Apart yeah, from yeah, the yeah. new ones, I guess. The new ones are good. But. They're okay. They're okay. But yeah, I mean, I'm assuming that anybody listening to a podcast called James and Tom Do Horror yeah, you've seen hopefully Halloween. would have checked out the original Halloween. If not, pause it. Just reassess yeah. your life <laughs> lifestyle choices and, and go watch Halloween. I, I think it's on Netflix at the moment, so there's like no excuse either. And also on Netflix at the moment is the... Um, Trick or treat, motherfucker! Buster Rhymes, Halloween, whatever that. Which what was that one called? Halloween Res- Resurrection. Halloween Resurrection. Yeah. Uh, it's there. I haven't watched it yet. I mean, I saw it a long time ago. I'm gonna watch it again this week and just enjoy how bad it is. That's probably the best way to uh, watch that film. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Tom, bearing in mind neither of us uh, are picking Halloween, what was your pick for the, your favorite old slasher? The Burning. Nice. Absolute yep. classic. My favorite, my favorite kind. Like we could have done subgenres of slashers because there's so many different kinds. But probably my favorite kind of slasher is the summer camp massacre. Mm-hmm. Um, love the like uh, secluded place with no. Well, these days there'd be no phone signal. Back then it was just a carefree attitude and a bunch of dumb teenagers. And the burning does it better than most films, I think. Uh, Sleepaway Camp's obviously up there and a bit of a classic as well but the burning's just got this edge you know you've got like Savini's effects in there which were amazing you've got a really good mask you've got some brutal kills like the uncut version it's crazy how for how long I was watching the cut version without realising it because I'd bought mm. the videos I think I had yeah. the DVD but then I'd bought the VHS and mm. uh, not realising it was cut and I watched it again the other day on, on uh, DVD I think it was and it was actually the uncut version there's so much gore in there that it was taken out that I'd never yeah. seen until yeah. recently such a classic film um and it's got it's got everything uh the location's amazing the casting the casting is so good like the mm. the final girl is cheryl from uh curb your enthusiasm larry david's <laughs> wife <laughs> which is amazing um i can't th- I, there's a the dude i swear they weren't the one dude was in like seinfeld or something yeah day, yeah that's right, right. jason alexander's you know? in there fisher yeah, stevens yeah. as well shallow hal um yeah yeah, man, the, the casting is unbelievable. There's loads of uh, like Vaseline-smeared killer POVs, yeah. which is sick. Soundtrack's obviously classic. And the kills are so good. But what makes it really, really good as well and really fun and edges it above a lot of the other summer camp films because there were so many in the 80s is how, uh, how good the dialogue is, how believable the kids are, how well they interact with each other. So... A lot of the time, I'm just waiting for the deaths, man, in slashes. You know what I mean? They're the highlight. But, like, in stuff like this, and, like, say, Sleepaway Camp or, like, Friday the 13th movies or whatever, yeah, the whole thing's good. So you're enjoying it the whole yeah. time. I, th- I think that definitely, man. I think, especially with The Burning, one of the... That was probably one of the earliest slashes I watched where I actually gave a shit whether the characters lived or died. Yeah, because they were um, cool. Yeah, yeah. And I absolutely with the casting. I mean, what's 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 great about like watching old slashes is often you'll get one or two recognizable faces, yeah. if that. But with the burning, like obviously whoever was the casting director on that film was yeah. you know, like doing their, their job and doing overtime. Because, yeah, I mean, Fisher Stevens, uh, best known for his unfortunate portrayal uh, in Short Circuit and Short Circuit 2. He's brilliant in it. Jason Alexander, they got these like funny kids, yeah, and they did such a good job. Um, that yeah, yeah, like yes, absolutely, the gore is amazing. Yes, the kills are you know, uh, brilliant. Yes, it's well shot. But for me, if you haven't got the characters that you care about, yeah, then then you know you're you're failing in the the, the horror element because you don't actually care whether these guys live or die. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
Now, one of my later picks that is com- completely contradicted by what I say, but there's a reason for that as well. So I'll, 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 I'll leave okay. that for now. But yeah, good pick, Tom, man. I uh, love the burning. And that was one of the early ones I caught. And yeah, it was a VHS cut to ribbons. You could yeah, tell it was, it was really badly cut as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, proper, yeah, butcher's knife to it. But uh, yeah, I recently caught it. I don't think it's on there now, but it was on the Arrow player. Um, and it was definitely gorier than I remember. So yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there's some brutal shit in there. It's an absolute classic. Definitely worth a watch if you haven't seen it. And you like summer camp slasher films. Yeah, awesome, awesome. Okay, so sticking with summer camps, I've gone with my favourite of the Friday the 13th franchise, Friday the 13th Part 6 from 1986, directed by Tom McLaughlin. So, I love this one. I mean, obviously, Friday the 13th, just in terms of numbers, uh, the highest slasher franchise, you know, uh, in terms of, like, sheer amount of films they've done. I love number six for a huge amount of reasons, going back to, obviously, giving a shit about the characters. Um unlike the earlier uh friday the 13th which were mostly teenagers um or let's say 20 or 30 year olds playing teenagers uh this one you had grown adults playing grown adults and you had actual little kids at the summer camp as well yeah um and it it was just a sheen to the film i like tom had done um one dark night beforehand which is a really good horror film definitely recommend catching it if you haven't already seen it uh last time i saw i think it was available on prime video um but yeah just there was an actual sense of danger you know it opened it up a bit like whereas in the previous friday the 13th the sheriffs you'd you'd pretty much only see when they turn up at the end yeah you know to to wheel out all the dead bodies you know we start the film you know uh at the graveyard and then you know tommy's arrested and so we spend time with the sheriffs and the deputies the teenage characters as well um that's yeah, one of the it's, best starts too it's one of the best ways they've brought him back like the yes. light it's, it's the lightning hit in the graveyard isn't it that yeah yeah dude it's one of the cool like he looks cool as fuck at the start it's one of the coolest ways they've brought him back I love the dad sheriff and the daughter's relationship as well. I love how sassy the daughter is the entire time, you know, and she's doing what she wants and she doesn't care. Tommy's obviously amazing in it. Yeah. It might be one of my favorites too. I think probably part four or part six are definitely. Yeah. Part four is definitely up there for me, but yeah, Yeah, part part six, I think it's, it's, it starts with the writing and the writing is a, is amazing uh, again you care about the characters as you say yeah there's a humor to it as well yeah. it's so it's also so meta so just for you know like horror slasher fans as well i mean i remember i caught this on like late night bbc2 um and, and I, I i'd seen enough slashes like halloween and the burning probably that i got the jokes they were going for i mean there's 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 some great lines there's one two of the kids are hiding under the bed from jason and one turns to the other and goes so what were you going to be when you grew up and it's just like you know like there's no no way kids would actually talk like that but yeah. it is they know they're in a horror film um yeah. later on you know and this is like 10 years before scream um uh, you know which is held up as this great meta commentary on on, yeah. on slasher films but it's already been done um there's a bit where um like the husband and wife are driving along in a beetle and they're you know they've got jason on the road and oh, I think yeah. it's the wife turns around and says like you know oh i've seen enough horror movies to know any weirdo wearing a mask is never friendly mm. it, i mean you know this in 1986 slashes yeah. were still relatively fresh that you know yeah. to have somebody commenting on it and not doing just like a straight flat parody yeah which you would have had with some of the other you know like almost 
airplane-esque comedies out there, <laughs> yeah. like Wacko and Return to Horror High and, and those kind of things. Yeah. Um, th- and there's there's little bits. I mean, I'm really getting nitpicky here, but there's there's just stuff like the transitions from one scene to another. There's like a, a line about, you know, hitting the target or something like that. Oh, and the dude, next and shot then they is match the cut light. to the, yeah, man. Brilliant. Just brilliant. Yeah, and, that and, level know, of filmmaking, yeah. when, you're, when you're saying something, then you match cut. Or sometimes they finish in sentences with stuff. Yes, exactly. Cut. Absolutely. So clever. Yeah. And they do the nice little, I'm pretty sure they're naming roads after horror directors or the yes. sheriff is called, yeah. what, yeah. like Hooper or, or some, yeah. you know, That's something right. yeah, like yeah, that, yeah, isn't yeah. it? There's some this nods. Is, and again, back in 86, you yeah. know, like, you can like, tell it's made by people who love horror. Yeah. That's yeah, the difference, absolutely. isn't it? You know, they're not yeah. just directors for hire churning out another franchise film. It yeah. feels special because it feels kind of like, like how Return of the Living Dead felt or whatever where everyone loves it everyone's there to have fun everybody loves horror and they're having a blast making it you know for me absolutely man this felt like the first time that friday the 13th film was made by a horror fan yeah like who who dug the earlier slashes yeah like the all the other ones like i love but they felt like made by people who knew they were going to make money out of this film you know, like number five and, and all the ones before that, you know, they knew that this was going to be a profitable exercise in filmmaking. Yeah. Uh, number six just felt like a love letter to everything that came before. And yeah, like, and not just slashes, like, like you were talking about the graveyard scene. Yeah. That, that feels like right out of like, you know, a hammer horror or even a universal horror beforehand. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Jason being revived by lightning, whereas everything before suggested that, you know, there was nothing supernatural about it. Yeah. And they just lent fully into it. Um, that's part of the reason I quite like Seven as well, is it kind of builds on that supernatural thing. You know, when yeah. it's, it's you know, Jason, again, is revived by a psychic jolt from under the yeah. lake. Um, and, you know, again, that's almost like um, Creature from the Black Lagoon kind of vibes yeah, about yeah. it. Seven's so, yeah, good. I, yeah, they were it, in a it, hard place for making Six as well because they fucked yeah. up so hard on Five. Five's still good if you watch it now. Yeah. But at the yeah. time, oh yeah, people were like, so where's where's jason and what's going on with with jason so like they were in a position where if they hadn't a comeback with jason being really strong and really the main thing about the film they could have lost the franchise altogether it could have gone Absolutely. a really different way so yeah. f- for these guys to come back after five that slightly disappointed people and did the kind of cop-out ending to come back then really strong and, and not only bring jason back but also make a super good solid horror film that's held up for what 30 years now is it 20 years yeah, or yeah, yeah, yeah. um you know is 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 no is no small task you know and they and they knocked it out of the park yeah no good call good call okay so that was my old pick so tom what is your new pick for the slasher genre uh oh so my new pick is the remake well kind of a sequel i don't i don't know what to call it but it's the it's the town the dreaded sundown that was made uh late 2000s i think and uh yeah so the original is obviously 70s Mm -hmm. uh about a killer in a small town i love this new film because it it doesn't disregard the narrative of the original and it doesn't get rid of the original and reimagine it 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 takes place in the same town uh with the timeline that the original film happened and was based on a real crime which it was so mm. people get killed in a small town by somebody shooting teenagers down lovers lanes they write a film based on that and it comes out in the 70s called the town of dreaded sundown and then this film 
fictionalizes both of those events and puts it into the narrative and also cuts shots from the original film into this new film which i absolutely right. love to the point to so it starts with people watching the original in the drive through and then whilst uh the killer comes back spoiler and then is chasing somebody <laughs> through the woods it's cut in shots from the original uh in with this this person being chased it's so clever and what i love about it really more than anything is the style of it like this to me feels like what modern horror films should feel like mm. it takes no prisoners it's absolutely brutal the sound design is super minimal um the killer is super aggressive there's not too much dialogue it, the kills are amazing there's a <laughs> there's a kill with a with a trumpet which if you've seen the original you know there's a kill it's a trombone no it's a trombone right because trombone's got the sliding bit it's a trombone yeah. so it's a kill with a trombone but um the the way they do that kill in this new one is hilarious because when every time he he pushes this trombone with a knife stuck to it into someone it makes this little pop <laughs> and it's so funny dude because he's like he does it way too many times and yeah. he blows through it every time it's hilarious and uh yeah it's just a really it's a really brutal film and what blew my mind about it the most watching it again this week is the editing is amazing it's slightly too fast-paced actually for me at points but yeah. i mean there's a there's there's a there's a scene where a woman looks through a window like a she, there's people in a motel and then the guy goes out to get a drink and the killer comes after this woman um and she's looking through a window and you can see her reflection in it the way they introduce the killer is by him slamming her boyfriend's decapitated head into the window until it smashes coming through the window chasing it and then it cuts like the window goes he's in the room she's at the back he's on the thing behind her she's through the car park he's walking behind her she's in a car it's crazy dude like the editing is so economical but so to the point that the kills and the uh, actual like action sequences feel so brutal. Mm. Like every time he hits someone and it hard cuts to someone else, you really feel like he's like taking someone's head off. It's amazing. Nice. Have you, have you seen it? I've not seen the remake. No, I've seen Good the one. original. I love the original. Like the original feels like one of those like true crime adaptations kind of thing. Yeah. You know, like uh, which obviously, yeah, as you're saying, it's based on a real event. Um, but yeah, no, no, definitely want to check it out. How did you go? How did you watch it? Uh, I bought the DVD. I think I think I was trying to buy the original, couldn't find it for for, for very cheap. It's really expensive for some reason. It's weird. Some mm. people are like, oh, it's public domain, mm. um, and sell the DVD really cheap. And then some DVD and Blu-ray versions of the original are really expensive and hard to get, like twenty five pound kind of thing. So I bought the remake just to be like, well, I'll watch that first so i actually saw the new one first before i saw the old oh, okay. one okay um and i watched it kind of cold not knowing anything about it and yeah it, it blew me away it was it was uh, it reminds me kind of a switchblade romance i don't know why i think there's oh, a real okay. hard edge to switchblade romance yeah. that like when the action's happening you really feel like it's happening when someone's being chased uh you really feel like it's you know serious and mm. that's what i love about this film is it takes itself seriously um and it doesn't it doesn't play anything lighthearted. It plays it all super dark, really serious, and you know, lock your windows and doors because he's coming, kind of thing. And I love that about it. It's brutal. Nice, nice. No, I'm definitely gonna have to check it out, man. You've sold it to me. Awesome. Okay, so uh, my new pick then. We're going back to 2006. So I'm 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 saying new, but in the in the relative world of of slashers, 2006 is is pretty new. I'm going behind the mask: the rise of Leslie Vernon. 
I loved this film when it yeah. came out. Yeah. And it was such a pleasure to revisit it as well. Um, I think we mentioned it briefly when we were talking found footage. Yeah. Not as one of our main picks, but basically I think it occurred to you and I was like, shit, yeah, that, that's a great film. I forgot about it. Um, so yeah, 2006, directed by Scott Glosserman. Again, I mean, it's it's a meta found footage slasher which treats the slasher killer in the same way as a serial killer true crime documentary kind of thing. Um, again, it's got plenty of in-jokes and Easter eggs for slasher films, you know, the casting or whatever. It's got Robert Englund. It's got Kane Hodder in there. Um, it's got all of that. So if you, if you want that kind of surface-level shits and giggles, that's all there, and it's it's a lot of fun on that. But also, what really holds it together for me is the lead performance by uh, Nathan Basil. Um, he makes you sympathize with a slasher killer, which, bearing in mind everything that came before, you'd never expect to actually you know care. And I think it's because of the format of the you know true crime documentary where you know these filmmakers are following him around and, and talking to him. Very similar setup to what we mentioned on the found footage uh, film. Uh, Man, Man Bites, Bites dog. dog. Yeah. So similar kind of thing, um, but it's it's an extra little love letter to slasher films with it. Um, as I was saying earlier, you know, one of the big things for me with slasher films is you've got to root for the victims. With this one, they are barely there because, of course, uh, and I'm not going to get into spoilers for this one because I think this is one where if, if we don't talk about the, the twist, then so much the better. Yeah. But, you know, when he picks out his final girl, um, and you know the victims or whatever you only ever see them from afar almost with like a telephoto lens when the filmmakers are trying to capture them uh, you know in shot so you don't care at all for the um, yeah the, the supposed victims because we're spending all the time with you know Leslie and the film crew themselves so it kind of flips all of that on its head there is a massive change in the third act which I don't want to go into but absolutely pays off everything they've talked about in advance so it's really talking about the formula of slasher films you know the idea of the the uh final girl you know the kills the trappings all of that kind of thing um and it, it takes some of these things that have been written about in an academic way and it takes it from the killer's point of view in terms of well this is the practicality of being a slayer. Yeah. yeah um yeah. and i love he's that. following the tropes, which is exactly, yeah, yeah. What's cool about it is, is if you're probably gonna pick up that film and watch it if you love uh, slashers and love horror anyway. Mm. So you kind of identify with him because he loves slashers and loves horror too. He knows the genre like you do. He's up for doing it. He's just out there actually doing it. But between the uh, more horrific parts, you see it in a really real person. That's the nice thing about it, isn't it? You're spending yeah. a lot of downtime with him. You're seeing the planning that goes in. You're yes. seeing the uh, the work to 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 look right and to walk right, even you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, how to show yourself to someone and then disappear. Like there's loads of cool, there's loads of cool little really human things in there for, to, for the practicalities of actually being a, a slasher killer. Yeah that do make you like him and empathize yeah. with him and then you see him do bad things and you're like ah oh. and you, there is a really nice interplay between how you feel about him and yeah. what that says about you and <laughs> it's good man 
there's a bit in the second act um, where he's walking the film crew through how the third act is going to go down. So he's yeah. showing, he's saying, right, well, she's going to run out through here, so I'm going to set up this trap here, and I'm I'm making it look like this guy's going to throw out the fall out the window here, and so I'm putting all of this stuff here to you know, so he impales himself, blah blah blah. Yeah, and it reminded me of a heist film. Yeah. So yeah. you know, like in Ocean's Eleven and stuff like they go through the plan, <laughs> yeah. right? Here's and the it's... duck we're going to go in through. And... <laughs> exactly, exactly. So it's almost like a heist film. And I think that's very clever on the filmmaker's point of view because, again, it's another thing which gets you rooting for the main guy. Like, yeah. you know, when, um, you know, Danny Ocean and, and his team or whatever walk you through the plan, you're getting excited. They call it like competency, comp- uh, I can't even say it, man competency porn you know so they've got this brilliant plan and you know they've planned it down to like the finest detail and it's exactly the same thing as leslie's doing in the kills yeah and of course what it does is it puts you on the side where you're rooting for the plan to work which means people die (laughs) which you know it's it's brilliant i mean it's and, and you know like slasher films have been criticized in the past uh rightly or wrongly for you know making the audience you know be on the side of the slasher killers yeah. and this kind of embraces it and goes oh yeah well wait until you see this yeah um and yeah honestly man like i loved it when it came out but it was only re-watching it for this show yeah. in the context of watching a bunch of other slashes that i i really appreciated the the levels at which this film works um just the mythology it's mm-hmm. a complete understanding of the mythology and then being able to take some of these academic ideas and just turn it into entertainment for its own sake as well yeah and it's like hats it's, off it's it. a really smart clever film and it's yeah it's it's like you said it's one of those films where the more you enter the genre the more you get the film yeah. the more you enjoy the film i love films where the more you know the more you get out of it Definitely. which is which you know speaks to how much depth they put into the movie where you can i've seen it probably four or five times man and yeah yeah i didn't watch it this week for this but i do kind of want to watch it now so i might just watch it today just because i'm like oh yeah it is really like it's made me <laughs> yeah it's made me want to go back and see what stuff i've missed in it i mean i could go on and on about the third act and why that's brilliant but i really for, for audience members yeah i'm just going to leave it at that um, yeah. all i'll say is it kind of gives up the found footage format in the last act which I remember when I saw it the first time, I was a bit disappointed that they didn't kind of follow the rules. But absolutely, where they go with the story in the third act, I, I was totally on board with this this view. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, really good. Awesome, awesome. Okay, so Tom, let's go a little bit obscure. What's your obscure pick for the slasher subgenre? Okay, so my obscure isn't that obscure. It's more kind of underrated. I tried to go obscure, but the stuff I was picking just wasn't quite hitting right. So I've gone for the Prowler, which is the Prowler. It's the Prowler in America. Yeah. And I think it's yeah. Rosemary's Killer in yeah. the yeah. UK, right? Yeah. Um, just because I think it's super underrated. Like it's such a good slasher. And again, if you find the uncut version, it is absolutely brutal. It's probably has some of the most brutal kills in a slasher I've seen. Um, and it's Tom Savini again doing the effects. Obviously, they're amazing. Uh, Joseph Zito directed it. I can't. What, what was his other big thing he did after this? After this was Friday something. the Thirteenth Part Five. Oh, uh, okay. Did he do Part Five? Did he? Yeah. He did, yeah. He did something else. Huge. Ooh. I can't think what he did. Okay. I know. I definitely know he did Number Five, but I'm drawing a blank what the other one was. But anyway, yeah, definitely worth watching. It's kind of part of the prom night sub-genre of slasher films um but probably the best one 
as well uh to be honest and yeah the guy this it is a little bit more social commentary in this one i guess because it's like uh ptsd is kind of what they're dealing with and like shell shock and uh, somebody coming back from war and how that can affect you and things but obviously how it affects him is he stabs somebody with a rake and <laughs> uh, stabs somebody in the top of their head so their eyes roll back which is like the best kill in the whole film yeah, like, yeah. if you're gonna watch it buy the uncut version you can get it Absolutely. pretty cheap now watch the uncut version um and yes yeah, it's, it's got that really lovely soft focus 80s look to it the yep. hair's really yep. big the acting is pretty good actually for a slasher but yeah the kills are amazing man they're really good yeah, no, I'd agree with that one, man. I, I would say, yeah, I think it's still on the cusp of being obscure, so I, I don't think you've got to worry about it. I just think more people should know about it. It's so Absolutely. good. I think people have heard of it, but people ha- may, may not have actually sat down and watched it. Um, yeah. And, yeah, I mean, I saw first time I saw it was a heavily cut version. So, again, to see the uncut version, it was pre-YouTube, but I remember just getting, like, a really bad download of it because yeah. um, it was before you could get the uncut in this country. And uh, yeah, even watching it at pretty much like uh, post-it nose su- size, yeah. the uncut version, I was like, "Oh my god, the gore in this is like." The kills go on for so long. I think it's some of Savini's best work, um, yeah. and I think the jump scares work so so well in yeah. this film. Yeah, yeah, really, really amazing film. Definitely worth checking out. Excellent, good call, man. Good call. Okay, so my obscure pick, and I'm going proper obscure here. Five across the eyes, again from 2006. Obviously, a good, good, you know, year for the return of slashes. So this was directed by Greg Swinson and Ryan Theissen. Apologies if I butchered that name, but who knows? <laughs> um, yeah. So five across the eyes. Some people could argue that it might, isn't technically a slasher. Uh, but I caught this about 10 years ago, late night horror channel, back when they were just putting on indie obscure stuff. Um, and I was impressed by how grim and grimy the nature of this film was. Uh, briefly, I'll do a little synopsis just to kind of explain the hook and everything. So, like, five uh, teenage school friends uh, returning back from a game get lost on the road in the middle of nowhere. And after, like, a minor crash, they are stalked by the driver of the other vehicle. Um, what I love about this and what's inventive about it from a filmmaking point of view is the camera never leaves the inside of the car for the whole film. Oh, that's cool. So it rotates inside, it, you know, watches out, you know, uh, from inside the car, watches <clears throat> out the various windows or whatever. So the characters may be getting in and out of the car, but the, the camera never leaves. Um, and it's that sort of inventiveness mapped onto, like, the the formula of a slasher film. That absolutely blew me away when I watched it. Um, I will say the acting is a little rough, as low budget horror films. So do I looked it up last in. night because I haven't seen it. I watched the trailer, yeah, and then like tried to watch it, couldn't watch it. Scroll yeah. down on the trailer, and all the comments are like, "What the fuck is this acting? Yeah, <laughs> the acting's so bad." I will say, it didn't I will. Look that bad from watching the trailer, but it's it's pretty rough. But what I'll say is, <laughs> stick with it because. Either you get used to it, or because when things get very like dramatic and terrible, you know, like terrible suffering for the characters, they get better at doing that bit. Bizarrely, oh, yeah. the stuff which you think is easier, yeah, you know, yeah. like delivering Talking. exposition, <laughs> that that bit seems to be more of a challenge for them. Uh, but I absolutely loved this film. Um, it was one I'd, I'd seen a few times. Like I think I'd like. Um, 
taped it on Sky Plus off yeah. the horror channel. Watched it a bunch while I still had Sky. Um, and then, yeah, when we were talking about doing the slasher film, I was like, ooh, yeah, I want to dig this out. It is brutal in terms of what these characters go through. It is absolutely horrible, absolutely vile. It, it borders into kind of torture porn territory. Um, but at this point, again, you do start to care for the characters despite the acting <laughs> of some of them. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's one of those things where they give all this exposition and it's handled in such a clunky way, but it kind of pays off in terms of, again, you do start to care about the characters after the 30-minute mark. Um, they when, don't when... struggle with uh, being in no. the car the whole time and still making it interesting? They, it's it's really well move? done. Is he driving? The car, yeah, the car is in motion. Okay, you know, cool. And again, so it, it's... it's <sighs> comparisons it's kind of bits of it are kind of like jewel you know the steven yeah. spielberg thing um bits of it are just like yeah claustrophobic almost like lifeboat films where they're stuck in the car yeah you know, they've got they've locked the car or whatever um yeah it's it's part chase movie um it just works really well there's bits where it's very rough um the way it's shot you know and again they've obviously only got some battery powered lights or whatever so it's very noisy in terms of digital noise and stuff like right. that but if you just accept that as part of the aesthetic yeah yeah then yeah it there's bits where it's really ropey and handheld there's a bit where it's not like found footage but like basically the camera to hide what's going on is basically left on the floor of the car um you know like the the yeah. car floor as something really horrible and and is going on and it's because you can only hear it it works so much better you know from yeah, a filmmaking cool. point of view because almost to to show what's going on would be not yeah. as bad as what you as the audience member yeah, is yeah. is imagining in your head so yeah it's it's not a perfect film but it's one where for inventiveness um it works i think it's only like 80 minutes long so it doesn't outstay its welcome and yeah, I would definitely recommend checking out Five Across the Eyes. You can oh, rent it for a couple of quid on Prime Video in the UK, so that that might be worth doing. Um, yeah, I, I fully I fully accept any sort of criticism about the acting, uh, but stick with it. Definitely worth it. Yeah, it sounds good, man. I definitely want to check it out. I like it when things are gritty. If it fits the film and mm. it's shot badly, or even like you know, there's too much grain or whatever. I think yeah. that's cool. I think if it fits yeah. the style of the film, then like yeah. there's uh, the Turnpike Killer, the American thing. That, I can't remember the guy who made it, but it's a straight to DVD kind of slash a serial killer thing, um, based in I think New Jersey because there okay. was some kind of there was some kind of true story about a guy who's killing people just off this turnpike, whatever mm. a turnpike is. I think it's like an off road for a motorway <laughs> in America. I guess that, I, I think that's my my guess as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's another one that's like super low budget. The acting's pretty bad. The the uh, the pacing is a bit dodgy. But like, for like a really gritty, horrible serial killer film, it's kind of like a slasher. Yeah, definitely check out the Turnpike Killer too. That's a nasty, nice, okay, man. Z movie. See, this is why I love doing this film, man. Is like, you know, you're giving me like really obscure stuff which I haven't heard of, and, and hopefully vice versa. Of, I could have done that for my obscure thing. I didn't oh. even think of it. <laughs> Don't oh, just then. That's all right. It's an it's an honourable mention. Okay, yeah, so Tom, yeah. have you got any other honourable mentions that you? I want got to a lot of honourable mentions. All nice. right, uh, so uh, sequels first. Prom Night Two. Not the mm. biggest fan of Prom Night. Prom Night Two. Awesome. Yes. Yeah. Sleepaway yeah. Camp Two. Super oh. fun. Sleepaway Camp is 
amazing. If you haven't seen Sleepaway Camp and you don't know what the ending is, you're in for a treat. Yeah. Sleepaway Camp <laughs> 2, super fun, really good. Slumber Party Massacre 2, absolutely ridiculous. Yes. Do you want to see a guy with a guitar that's also a drill kill people? If the answer is yes, then Slumber Party Massacre 2. Uh, Neon Maniacs, talking Ooh. about yeah. VHS covers. My favorite yes. VHS cover ever is Neon Maniacs, which might be painted by Enzo Schiotti. I'm not sure. I'm pretty sure it is. Um, there's a book that Tom Hodge, the, uh, who, who does design work as the dude designs, put out um, just called VHS cover art, I think. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I, I remember uh, finding so much good stuff in there. Neon Maniacs was one of those films. Not the best film ever, but really fun. It's kind of a slasher in New York with a bunch of monsters killing people. Yep. Uh, killer Workout. Which is also called Aerobicide. Yeah, I, I I love that title, Aerobicide. Super I mean, bad. <laughs> David Pryor. So David Pryor did Sledgehammer, the first ever shot on video film. He did Deadly Prey, which is the fucking bear. If we ever do an action film thing, Deadly Prey must yes. be. So David Pryor's the director. Ted A. Pryor is his brother super like buff blonde guy really bad at acting really good at having muscles amazing um, hair amazing yeah, hair as well and yeah. like dirty prey is obviously a classic so i think killer workout was before dirty prey maybe and it's a it's amazing it's literally like so so the entire um structure of the film goes gratuitous aerobics um muscly men pointing at each other's chests and arguing and fighting and then a kill and it just does that over and over yep. again. And it's amazing. I was, I was lucky enough to catch that at a late night screening in Abattoir. Uh, oh, it's yeah. one of the midnight screenings. So it was like a mystery film, so they weren't going to tell you what it was. Uh, by that point, obviously, you've had a bit to drink. That's the perfect environment. Oh, you yeah. know, have you know, a skin full of alcohol, bunch of horror fans watching the most ridiculous film. Yeah, plenty of homoeroticism on display as well, if that's yeah. your bag. Yeah, great film. Like, and he's pick, killing people with like what looks like a big safety pin. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's similar to Murder Rock. And Murder Rock was another one of my, uh, yeah. you know, yeah. Yeah. like picks for, for stuff you should check out. Murder Rock is sick, but it's, the killer is killing. It's the same plot, basically. It's an aerobics thing and he's killing people. Yeah. I guess in America, there's some kind of kind of diaper pin that pins together fabric diapers for babies that's large I, but yeah. in the uk it just looks like a really big weird safety pin that he's killing people with just use a knife <laughs> it's cooler awesome any more there is yeah sorry there is more um <laughs> curtains the canadian film bloody Ooh, moon the jess yeah. franco film bloody Nasty. moon is sick Nasty. get that uncut yeah. as well also a film I watched recently that is kind of like a slasher, but maybe not like a slasher, but I think it's worth mentioning, is Uncle Packerhead. Ooh, okay. That is on, I want to say Shudder, but I'm not 100%. might be Shudder. Um, and I think a, it was It was on Now TV, but I haven't seen oh, it yet. Okay. So. It's, it's good, man. It's kind of like a slasher film. It's, it's about a band that get a roadie um, who's also a demon that they need to feed people to. It's okay good, real good and it's really punk and it actually is it manages to be kind of punk and live in the world of bands playing gigs without being cringy which is really really hard to do yeah yeah no, that's true that's true yeah, worth a watch i dare to ask any more no that that is actually <laughs> oh no wait there is one more <laughs> yeah. dude bro party massacre three 
Yes. Good oh call, God. man. Good so, call. So, I, I forgot about that one. Yeah. Dude oh, Bro man. Party Massacre 3, the fictional sequel to the a franchise that never happened, made by, I want to say, 12-second films. Might be eight-second films. I can't remember. <laughs> anyway, made by uh, this, this team of kind of comedians who actually uh, make films as well and make shorts on YouTube. Such a good... Uh, it's like... Um, Leslie Vernon levels of horror tropes, yeah. like, but made with the tongue really firmly in cheek. And yeah, it felt really very much like uh, and... felt like Astron Six level. Yeah, humor. yeah, it yeah. did it. It reminds yeah. me of kind of like the way they did the Jallo thing that we talked yeah. about in the previous episode. Like, yeah. Yeah. it's that kind of thing. It's definitely like get a beer, watch it. You know, when the sun's out, and just it's a, it's like an amazing summer camp slasher with really bad jokes. <laughs> and some pretty OTT acting, really, really fun. Yeah, good call, man. Good call. I I, I uh, caught that on Arrow Player when they yeah. put it out, and I had an absolute blast with it. So yeah, it's awesome. amazing. Righty, I've got a, a slightly short list, so uh, here we go. Uh, I'm going to go with a film that not a lot of people consider to be a slasher film, but I think it is uh, Death Proof by Quentin Tarantino. Ah, cool. I just love, I mean, I'm a big fan of Tarantino's stuff. I love Kurt Russell. The idea of Kurt Russell as a nasty villain absolutely appeals to me. Um, and the idea of a slasher killer using a car as a weapon, fully on board with, you know? Yeah. Um, it's nice to have that level of, you know, like uh, production behind a film, even if they then, you know, kind of grinding it up for the grindhouse aesthetic. Uh, but yeah, absolutely love Death Proof. Um, and I will fight anybody who says it's not a slasher. People hate that film because Tarantino did it. But then, all right, if you look at it within the context of all his other films, maybe it's not as good as his other films. But then the films he's making around it are like a World War Two epic. You know what I mean? Like the yeah. huge films, like yeah. the the latest one he did. Death Proof was like a little, you know, relatively kind of short, low budget shoot for Tarantino, and he yeah. made an amazing movie. Mm-hmm. The only the only thing is like. I get into it and then it does the same thing again. Okay, there's nothing wrong with that because slasher films do do the same thing again over and over and over again and it's always satisfying. But I find just as I got into it, then it changes again. You get into it again. But the ending though, the second story in it, yeah, and the and the ending and how badass all the women in it are are amazing. That's I what's yeah. cool about it is he's even though it's a slasher film with a car, he's still turning it on his head. Absolutely. He's still empowering women through it and kept, you know, it's cool. Yep. Yep. He's thought about it. You can tell he's thought about it. Absolutely, man. Yeah, yeah. So that that's one of mine. Um, a recent one, which I was really pleasantly surprised by because uh, I didn't think I was going to enjoy it as much as I did. Freaky with uh, Vince Vaughn. Have you seen Have you seen Freaky, man? No. Okay, worth a watch. Uh, I think it's on Now TV. Again, it kind of, it's it, it's body swap thing. So kind of Freaky Friday. Uh, obviously, if they had the rights, they probably would have called it Freaky Friday the 13th. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah so your typical final girl ends up body swapping with the uh, slasher killer uh allowing vince vaughn to play dual roles of both a really sleazy slasher killer which he does very well oh, uh, cool. obviously early days he was in the remake of psycho um, oh, yeah. and also to play a 17 year old girl which again surprisingly effective as a 17 year old girl um yeah definitely worth a watch it's 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 a fun kind of thing it's got a bit of a sheen to it but again the kills are surprisingly nasty so oh, yeah, cool yeah if uh if gore is your bag then definitely worth checking that out oh, wicked. 
another really odd one from the 80s home sweet home um so obviously there's different types of like slasher films there's those where they keep the killer kind of hidden and you know and do a revelation at the end and then there are others which you know like pretty much start off you know who the killer is and it is just who's getting picked off one by one this one you absolutely know who the killer is from the beginning uh it's a roided up bodybuilder who just destroys a bunch of people in really nasty ways awesome acting is isn't great uh but you know for a proper shot on film but very grim cheap nasty uh but still a lot of fun slash yeah. film home sweet home is definitely worth a check I'm out i'm gonna look that up i'm gonna write that down actually because i haven't heard of that no he, he, and, and again like no sort of costume on him he's he's pretty much in tracks in a, in a track suit uh with <laughs> awesome. sweat yeah tracky bottoms sweatsuit a sweatshirt top uh almost like a little afro on top of his head yeah <laughs> and the casting was just oh he's big and then yes. he just turned up in what he was wearing. Absolutely, Come on, big boy, yeah. Let's, uh, let's kill yeah, some yeah, yeah. No, no sort of acting on display whatsoever, but a lot of fun. Um, <laughs> and another one which was vying for my spot on the obscure list was Murder Loves Killers 2, um, as in T-O-O, not the number two. Um, normal kind of setup, you know, like a holiday home, bunch of teenagers go there and get killed off horribly. Yeah. But it goes places where you would never expect it to go. Um, again, kind of follows the killer in, in ways that you don't normally get from a slasher film. Um, and has one of the catchiest theme songs that I've ever heard oh, called awesome. um, Naughty Mittens. So <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's another bizarro one, completely low budget. Uh, but yeah, definitely worth checking out. Uh, again, that was another late night horror channel uh, kind yeah. of screening and it always stuck with me uh, so. all the best all the best slashers are people go somewhere and get picked off yeah you know? like yeah. just that what you said then people go to a cabin and then get picked off or go to a place that's remote and get picked off the mutilator is worth watching yes um, good call. blood rage is the same and that's definitely worth watching it's kind of shit but the kills are fucking awesome oh, i'll give you that i'll give you that yeah. and the actor's just so bad he's, he's wicked his forehead's <laughs> way too big <laughs> Awesome. Okie dokie. So that's our picks. Uh, so I would if, also like to say that yeah. I Google Joseph Zito and he, because just it's going to bother me if I don't address sure, it. Sure, sure. <laughs> because somebody be like, oh, no, he did this. So he did Friday the 13th part four. Ah. That we that's why I remembered him so much. Okay. So thanks, guys. So uh, let us know what your favorite slasher movies are. Um, next episode is my pick. So I'm going to go with the folk horror subgenre. So if you guys have got any suggestions about what folk horror films we should check out, let us know. We're over on Twitter in uh, what sounds like an OnlyFans account, but is in fact Twitter, at James and Tom Do. And we're also on Instagram in the more fully titled James and Tom Do Horror. So guys, please join us next time to see what or who James and Tom will do. 